0: Welcome back to another episode of Foreign Football Forecast. This is your co-host, Patrick Monaghan. I'm joined by my co host Luis Lord and Harris Womitsu. Guys, how's everything going? How's your Sunday? How's the first day of November?
1: Everything's well, good. Thank God. How about y'all?
2: Pretty good day as well, guys. Uh happy <laughs> old Sense Day to everyone. Absolutely. Happy With November. The November.
0: cowboy.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, represent where's my
1: hat? <laughs> 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 That's how we roll.
0: Absolutely. It's good. That's
1: good, man. I finally, I finally got a Sunday off after like a whole month. It's my first Sunday off. First Sunday off? Yeah, man. Best Buy has, you know, in the chokehold right now. <laughs> good.
2: So, well needed and uh, well deserved for Foreign Football podcast show today. Man.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. So today, we have a few topping points for y'all. We're going to discuss. Champions League with Barça struggles and also Madrid struggles as well, and a bit about La Liga with Sociedad performing well, a little bit about Tottenham, a little bit about Everton, AC Milan's really, really strong start, and just a little bit about Barca's struggles in La Liga as well. And just for the fun of it, we were talking about this before the show, a little bit of debate about Marcus Rashford and Real Madrid. And as well, two potential Ecuadorian soccer players showing up
1: on the show. I've already got in contact with three. I think two should be an official um, guest coming on the show. Sending my Ecuadorian people out there, anybody that follows Ecuadorian soccer. Ya saben que jugadores de la Liga Ecuatoriana, estoy intentando a ver si lo puedo conseguir uno de los Valencias que vengan como visitante. Perfecto, perfecto. Now we are exciting, exciting, exciting things, guys,
2: and let's get it started.
0: So I guess to start off, should we get the good news out of the way or the bad news out of the way? It's kind of both bad news because, so I think we'll start off first with the Champions League. Barca beat Juve. In the last five matches, Barca's actually undefeated against Juve. So it's been a little bit of a kind of a sore spot for Juve. I've noticed they haven't really been able to play that well. Even with the young squad, Barça's playing pretty well in the Champions League for you know for what it is. I don't know if you guys were able to catch the match I mean, or not. Dave. What do you guys think?
1: I I see them right now in the Champions League as being a pretty good team. Not a team that's gonna go all out and win it. But them having Dest, um Frankie De Young, especially Ansu Fati, they just really they've had a good team. You know, they haven't really let they haven't really given away points right now in the Champions League as compared to Madrid, but right now <clears throat> they have a pretty good team. They have a good team, and I really feel like if they keep doing it, they're gonna get far. They'll get far. But
2: I think Dembele has played really well as well. Uh, it's good to have him back. He's adding a lot of value to your team. So you know, I think that's good. having Dembele, having Messi combined with Griezmann, I think that's great.
1: Yep, they have a good attacking. That's something that. I was telling my my friends like a couple of weeks before El Clasico, I said, if anything, Barca will beat Madrid because Barca has a strong attacking with Felipe Coutinho, Graysman, Messi, and Ansu.
0: They're handling the distractions pretty well, and for what it is, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of not considered how young the squad is. You got Sergio Diaz, you've got Guejone, you got Dembele. Like how you know, and Dembele. As Harris said, Dembele played really quite well. Had a really beauty, he did really, really, really well. And I believe he's he scored, was it just the first one or was it the second one for the match? It was know. the
1: first one. It, it was, was the first one. Was it?
0: Okay. Over, honestly, overall, they've done pretty good with creating chances, actually. it's And the link-up play was pretty decent for what it was. I think overall... I mean, obviously it has been a disappointment for them this season, but they've handled the distractions, I think, better than most most teams would have. And and overall, and again, I think it comes back to the fact that, you know, you're looking at the way Juventus is performing. I'm wondering if they're gonna be able to compete going forward, not even this season, but I wonder if we're if we're gonna see the same Juventus that we've seen in the past. Because to see somebody like Morata coming in. He, to me, he was a really, really good fit. I was really kind of impressed and pleased that they were able to get him. And even just in general, I think Barca against Uva they seem to always have their number because they've been, the only thing that they've been doing poorly with amongst others is they've just been poor with finishing. They And also, I when I was watching the match, it's a lot of just small individual layers. They still did really well, but I just wonder... I I don't know. And, again, I'm not going to hate on them because you look at the way Madrid's playing in the Champions League. This is, like, the worst performance. I have not seen Madrid play as poorly in the Champions League ever, honestly. Yeah.
1: No, I'm seeing it. And now I really feel like there is not an excuse to say, oh, no, we need Ronaldo back. We need this and that. No. mm -mm. You know, you give – we lose to Shakhtar we tie to, to Beruzio and Magladez. that nice. I just feel like at that point, I'm not sure what's going on. I wouldn't even say Benzema against these teams, I don't, I don't see why he would have to struggle against it. Right now, a player that's really stepped up, or two players that's actually really stepped up for us in this campaign, or I'm sorry to keep changing, actually three, Federico Valverde, Luca Modric and Casimero. They've actually been on goal scores. And Federico Alverde, as well, I think he's been on a goal streak ever since the Barca game, all the way to the game that was played yesterday against um, Huesca. But we really need to improve in attacking in the front three. Really need an improvement. You know, get rid of some dead weight and definitely bring in a new player. Something that's going to change.
2: Yeah, no, I think I the think team. The team needs Mbappe, right? We we talked about it. Uh, It seems like we're going to jump on that debate with Rashford right now. But to me, for me, I think the team needs another boost, and they need a boost on almost all position, but especially in front with having Mbappe there. I mean, Azar hasn't been really performing. We talked about that during last last uh, last, uh, episode we had. Uh, I mean, he's just coming back from injury. He actually played well this weekend and scored a beautiful goal. But the team is still struggling, even in La Liga. It's not only in the Champions League for me, even in La Liga. Even though we won, I think, 3-1 this weekend, it was still not a convincing performance, right? So uh, we won, we scored a lot of goals, we are very realistic. But even with Barca against Barca, I said that last time, I still believe that we are very realistic. We are converting all of our goals. But... You don't have that total dominance on Madrid that you like to see, it, and that will reassure you. So we do definitely need need someone. I'm hoping that Azar's gonna really step up before the end of the year now that he's back.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, uh, play it's... like the caliber of player he is. He, he, and I spent you too, right? And then and we can add the well. young guys, Vinicio, Rodrigo. The team is good. We just mm-hmm. need something. And I think we need to clear like a catalyzer like Mbappe right in front. And then, of course, you want to solidify your backhand a little bit, too. For me, that will be a little
1: adjustment you want to do. What I, happened to Isco? Is he still around? He's still around from what I've seen. But, you know, I miss the Isco from the 20, 2016-2017 season. That's an Isco that was a very great player. I remember that's when he was playing on the right wing. He was actually starting at, um, instead of Bell. But now, you know, with everything going on in the team, I don't really see um, – I don't really see the
0: – It's poor link-up play to It's me. poor link-up.
1: But do you think – do y'all think – talking about Isco, do y'all think, um, do y'all think he's a dead weight?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say dead weight, but I. you're either going to need to see a change in uh, tactics or you're going to need – or you're going to see him leave. Because the same thing with – Yeah. It's the same thing with somebody like Danny Ceballos, right? Goes to Arsenal, we loan him out plays extremely well so it's not I don't think of these as issues with the player per se in particular with Isco I think it's more so the tactics and the strategy just aren't really aligning and also you look at things right with say Zidane as a manager Zidane's a type of manager I kind of compare him to Mourinho in a sense right if you lose if he loses trust in you it's very difficult to it's done. It's
1: done at that point, basically. It's almost it's kinda, a, it's, it's a done deal. It's a, a done deal. Out. That's what I'm saying to, you know, ever since he stepped in for us in 2016, now, in a way, you know, if this summer goes by and we don't get a superstar, I would probably say at that point, I mean, I'm not sure who it is right there that would make the, the decisions. I don't know if it's Fiorentino Perez or if it'd be Zidane, but if none of those two make the effort in getting that superstar that we need for the team, I'd probably say, I'd probably say, in my opinion, one of them has a go, for sure. One of them has a go. Um, If you think about it as well, too, Zidane, in a way now, you know, we're not really seeing him as Zidane he was three to four years ago. He's kind of being like, you know, like that one manager that's like, You've done a lot for us, but now you're starting to, the, in my opinion, but you're starting to be like like a menace now. You know, letting these important players go, not giving them the, the chance to shine, that's how I see it right now at the moment. You know, I, I haven't really been happy with Zidane, honestly.
0: But who are you going to replace him with?
1: Bro? I would say, um, you know, I don't know if Pochettino would be a good manager. I would love to get Carlo Ancelotti back, but, you know, I don't even like it's already. I don't know. It's kind of. nah. he's doing so well with Everton.
0: I'm curious, Harris, what you think. What do you think Everton's going to do this year? They they've done a strong job, but they were really poor defensively. They conceded a penalty. You had Callum Wilson score two goals for Newcastle. I'm wondering Long term, like as far as this season, you think we're going to see Everton go top four? I feel like with Ancelotti, he's going to be the X-factor for them. Him and Hamas, I think if those two perform well, then yeah, but I I feel like they'll be a top six team this year. I don't think they're going to have top four potential.
2: Okay. Before I jump on that, I want to answer back briefly on you. I think, I think uh, Massimo Allegri would be a good coach, but I don't want to cast out Zidane yet. I think Zidane has done a lot for us, and he oh, definitely. He needs he needs more time. I think he needs Mbappe. So my question to Zidane would be: If he doesn't get Mbappe next year, or Pogba, you know those two that he really wanted, because those are the players he's been asking for. So if he doesn't get them, does he think he need to leave and let someone else come, or does definitely. he need to stay? That would be my question for Zidane mm-hmm. himself. You know he needs to be ready to say, okay, we are not able to get Mbappe. I don't really think I can inject some troops in the team again. Then it's time for me to leave. That would be my my point. And to come back right. to you quickly on uh, on Everton, Patrick, I will say I will make it short. We'll finish in the top four. Count me on that. First November, baby.
0: Okay. So I, honestly, to answer your question as well, Louise, I don't I don't think you're going to see Zidane get fired. I think if anything, I'd agree with what Harris said. The only thing he would do was think maybe of going elsewhere. But my only question is, if he's gonna go elsewhere, who where would he even look to? That that's the type of thing. When you look at and think about things like that, I don't know where he would where he would realistically go, you know, because he's not gonna go to he would not do that Ancelotti route. I I really don't think so. And I don't think he would do Patrick. the Marino route.
1: Plot, plot twist: um, Real Madrid wins La Liga. We fail in the Champions League. Barca still off sixth. And the biggest plot twist is that Don goes to coach Barcelona. <laughs> no cap. Oh, dude, I would be so mad at Don, but just that's not happening. Happen. No, it's just it's never, a little joke. It's never, yeah, No, I know. Yeah, no, Don knows. Don knows better than that. Don knows better than
2: that. I, I hope he does. I hope he does. Even I'm Madrid surprised. guys, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. is no, not, in the, not in the short term. If maybe after 10 years, yes. <laughs> but in the short term, it's too, it's too vivid, you know, for what to go coach Carson. How that is. But maybe in 10 years, you know,
0: things can change. I couldn't forgive him for that, though. I, I really couldn't. If that happened, even in general, I don't think that would happen. I think he's... He's got the position for as long as he wants. Madrid's not going to let him go. The reason Madrid's struggling with champions... Madrid will let him
2: go. They're talking about Madrid here. It will fire you. It will fire fire Zaddy if he's not doing well, though. They don't care at all, man. It will fire you.
0: Perez is going to go and call back Mourinho if he works magic. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, so talking about this Madrid talk, you know, I'm loving it because we're all Madrid fans. Thank God. So, and I want and if anybody that watches the show, I want you to comment, you know, under IGTV or under YouTube, what would y'all, how would y'all feel about Marcus Rashford coming around Madrid? How would y'all feel about that? Even though it hasn't been a link, for some reason, I would love it because I don't know, the kid is young. The kid, I mean, he's a soccer player. Of course, he has to be in shape. Kid is just, you know, tall, fast, deadly. In, in the areas at times, I would feel like, you know, if Mbappé, if Kylian Mbappé to get signed to Madrid. And then f- for some reason Zidane or a new coach, which has done with Benzema, I said, yo, you're being benched for majority of this upcoming season. I would actually love to see Rashford in that, in that top three. I would for some reason. I don't know. He's already played. He's playing the hardest league in the world. He knows how to play against big teams or against the top six. I would actually like, I'd actually like to see it, if it could ever happen,
0: for some reason. Patrick, do you want to jump on that, or do you want me to go first? We're going to save the best for last. So, Harris, I'm going to have you comment after. Because Harris, okay, Harris is going to have some very good insight. I'll keep it short and sweet. Probably the first time I've ever done that on the show. I would not take him. The reason I wouldn't take him is you're basically paying for an overpriced super sub. I I really don't see where Rashford would fit in. I I honestly don't. I don't see him being. I don't see him being able to play as number nine. I don't know what he's gonna play. What he as, as I said before, nine seven. What what position are you gonna have him at?
1: Wouldn't he be in the middle where Benzema plays though? Like as center forward? That that would be a nine, but he doesn't he doesn't play nine right now. But- Marshall is playing
2: nine. So, again, that's what I said. It's hard for me to really see Rashford in a position. I still don't know what is Rashford. You know, maybe he's kind of like Messi or Griezmann, like a nine-and-a-half. So turn... I think it's more like a nine-and-a-half. Like, you turn around the player, he can kind of play ten. But, uh, I mean, I respect Rashford. I think he's a great player. But I don't see the value he will add to Madrid versus an Asensio or you know, Azar or like, like Mbappe, for example, right? I don't see the differentiator that he can bring. And for the money you're going to pay for Rashford, you know how much they sell those British players, man? They sell them like a crazy amount of money, but they're not even that worth it. So you probably pay Rashford as like close enough to 180 or $160 million dollars for yeah. someone I who's mean- just going to be the same value of, maybe Asensio or a little bit more than Asensio, I don't think it's worth it.
0: Might as well keep bail if you were going to do something like that. I mean,
2: I'm yeah, not no,
0: Rashford's yeah. ability, but I just don't, I don't see a reason to do that when you already have enough in-house.
2: Yeah, and I don't think he's, he, I mean, he fits well in the Manchester United uh, team because they play around Washo, uh, Rashford now, right? He's kind of like the go-to-go person in, in, in offense. Reno Fernandez, that is, that is there, passing the ball. You have Martial. They fit so well together. But in Madrid, remember, they don't play for... They're not going to play for me. Madrid is not set up for... They, they're never going to play for a rash. Right? He's not he's not a ballon that where we're going to put the whole attention of the team around him. So, it's not going to work. I think a player that, that will need will be a... I'll rather take Sterling and and Song versus Rashford. I think Sterling is a
1: catalyzer, right? And he can dribble into one, play on the wing. and and I would have definitely, you know, um, Harris, I would have definitely loved Sterling there. I mean, still young, very fast. He's played in top two teams, which have been Liverpool and um, now in Man City, of course. Even though uh, Man, City, Man City hasn't really been performing the best this season, but I would say that that most definitely, if Hazard wasn't performing to expectations, and for some reason Kylian Mbappé would go to Liverpool instead of Madrid, because I know Liverpool is another elite team that's another team that's in competition with us to get this kid, Sterling would actually be a pretty good um player. But instead of somebody instead of Sterling. I would actually um prefer Salieu Mane.
0: Yeah, I agree, but okay, the number another thing about it though is this. He would it would be a good fit, but the fact of the matter is we're still we're in a different kind of La Liga. We're in a La Liga that I think is a little bit more competition than we used to. We're talking about Barca struggling, and Madrid struggling, and one thing one topic I've been wanting to talk, you know, discuss is it's so Sociedad. The reason I say that is this. You have David Silva coming in. He scored a goal and they've got four La Liga wins in a row. They've got uh, 54% possession, played really well. And I've watched some of the highlights today and a couple of the last ones. They did really, really good with creating chances. I don't think they're going to finish top. I still think Madrid is number one, but I think we're watching a different La Liga. I think we're seeing a greater level of competition than we did in the past. I, you, I think they're going to be, I think we're going to see four. top four. And I think we're also going to see Sevilla top four. Sevilla's done really well. That's another team that does not get discussed enough, but Sevilla consistently rebuilds the club. And imagine this, imagine what we would have been seeing if Odegaard was still staying You know what I mean? Like, this is... Oh, yeah. Wrong sociedad side. I think they're going to finish top four. And I think, based off of what I've seen recently with Barca, they're going to be, like, fourth or fifth this year. Maybe. Probably fourth.
1: You said probably fourth?
0: Probably fourth. You know, maybe they get up to top three, but I I don't think so. I I think...
1: I think, I think, in my opinion, if Barca keeps on with the whole, you know, tying and not getting a lot of, you know, results, and if it's, like, a lot more ties, if it's, like, a ratio of more ties and wins, and with some losses mixed up in there, uh, most definitely. Most definitely, I don't think they're going to be playing Champions League um, soccer by next season. I don't think so. You don't think? I don't think so, brother. Mm-mm. In my opinion, in my opinion. And you know, something else, like I said, even though we've talked about Madrid a lot, um, I really feel like if Madrid doesn't get under things either, we're definitely, we're, how I like to say it, um, Europa League is going to be typing in our, in our group chat for Madrid. (laughs) Welcome Madrid. Yep. That's what I, that's what I think.
0: I feel like. It's a good point because in actuality, what we've seen, we've, we talked about two things. We talked about a little bit about Everton and we talked about Madrid. In both instances, the level of parity has really, really been improving. And it's in all actuality, maybe this isn't what most Madrid fans would want. I know I don't want that, but I I think this is the best thing for us as a club. If you look at it, you're facing I know the season's early, but you're facing competition. You're seeing other clubs that are starting to improve and pick it up. It's not just, oh, mm. okay, we're all, we're going to be coasting. Frankly, I think, I still think, I'm still going to say Madrid's first, but I I just wonder with both Madrid and with both Barca and with other clubs, what do you do? Are you going to focus more on one or another? I, I You know, we've talked about this before. But yeah, you know, that is the thing, you know. I don't honestly, know. Honestly, if... If Madrid would have just,
1: you know, like, been smart in those first two games, I'd definitely say, right, I, would, I would, that whole topic of me bringing up Zidane wouldn't have even, like, brought been brought up because I'd be like, you know what, we're doing good. I mean, we haven't started Copa del Rey yet. So, I would have said, you know, we're fine. But it's going to be a different La Liga. You know, definitely this new Premier League, this is a new Premier League. You know, right now, City... And United are, I think, they're actually below Tottenham and Arsenal.
0: Yep. You got yeah um, So, Liverpool, correct me if I'm wrong, though, Liverpool's top, Tottenham second, Everton third at this point, correct? I think so. I'm trying to see what's up with so, them. I mean, we'll have a quick little research real fast, but as of right now, it is. Yeah, okay. It's Liverpool's number one still, Tottenham two, and Everton three. And Southampton is in four. I haven't seen Southampton this good in like five years. They're doing well.
2: I think they're they're doing well. They have uh, – they've been winning most of their game recently. So, I mean, they won 4-0, I think, last weekend. I was pretty surprised
1: as well. They're
2: doing good.
1: The last time Southampton did good, wasn't it, wasn't that when Salio Manet was at the club?
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sadio Manet was there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Charlie coach Piel, coach Piel was a coach too, but no, before Priel was, uh, mm-hmm. Coleman was actually
0: the coach. Yeah. Wasn't that, that it was like 13. Yeah. Bernard
2: Coleman was the coach
0: at the time. I remember that. And then, you know what? I'm also looking forward to seeing. I wonder if Wolverhampton's able to take advantage of things this year. They're just barely behind, and they've been looking pretty good, actually. Yeah, we're trying to hold on. And then, okay, so let's see. We've got Tottenham's going to be number one. And then the only other thing that I would like to discuss about that, I think we've covered it. Actually, you know what? We've covered enough about Everton and Tottenham. The only other one topic that I really would like for us to discuss Harris, I know he's going to get excited about this. We need to give some credit to AC Milan. I, I wanted to get that into the, today's episode. Seven goals already. AC Milan is back. People, I know what people would say. Cassie, Milan, Hernandez, they've been looking unbelievable, guys. They yeah, are, you are,
2: forgetting, are you forgetting the master and the, the as he called himself, God, Ibrahimovic? Oh, man. Come on. You cannot talk about AC without talking about Ebra. That's
0: why it's said. Amazing. That's a though. just
2: amazing. Oh, you said Ebra? Sorry, I mean, I think I missed that part, man. Yeah, I heard Hernandez and Brian here. I uh, hear Ebra. Yeah, Ebra is just fantastic, man. He's carrying this team all the way. He scores almost every game. He's just unbelievable what he's doing at 38 years old. That's impressive. He's been you know? playing in the U.S. for a while, right? So. Yeah. What that's do you amazing.
0: think? Yeah. Do you think that it's because of a familiarity with the club that that's why they're able to. There
2: is that involved? as well, right? He he w- he really loves Milan. I think he was really, really happy there. He lived in Milan for a good time of his life, right? When he left Juve, he went to Inter. After Inter, he went to AC Milan before moving to Paris. So he spent a good amount of time in Milan. He liked the city and he loved AC Milan. That's where he left before coming to Paris. So I would say he's happy to be back and. And Ibrahim just has that drive, right? Has that drive to be the best ever again. So he's really, I think, inculcating that to the to the youngsters, and they're learning from him, from his leadership. And he's just he's just still uh, hungry. Ibra is very hungry. He want to prove to the world that he still has it, and he's doing so well. He's the leader of his team, and everyone's following him up pretty well. So he's just he's just killing it. He's just killing it. I love
0: it. And they're excellent at creating chances too. I, I mean, unbelievable right? managing possession. Really, really good with creating chances. I mean, also let's look at this attack for a bit. Got Hakan, Got Frank Kessi. Got Slavon. I mean, I got Raphael. Like the team. I I feel like to me that Slavon was the missing piece. For the project, because the pro- the project to me, it, I was kind of looking at it for a couple years, and I thought, oh, feels like it's kind of stalled. But one one consistency you see in, in, across the different leagues is there's a lot more parity. That and you know, like like we had talked about earlier. I mean, it, it, I feel like with AC Milan, you see a Zlatan that, as Harris as he said, loves the city, loves the club, and that passion and that kind of zealousness you can see it and they've got one tie and five wins they've been unbelievable and i don't know because juve's been struggling so i i kind of do think that maybe belong's gonna keep it up this year i'll you know what i'm gonna until they, they prove me otherwise
2: honestly they will because they finished very strong at the end of last season you know i think a lot of things plays in confidence right and and now we've, the uh, stability they have, they have now the leadership from, from, uh, from Latin, uh, the, I mean, Hernandez is playing very well, you call, uh, Atan is playing very well as well. So I think for me, the team is, the team is performing well. All the pieces are working well together, right? And that's, that's the key. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're doing, they're doing really good. I think I mean, they only they only drew against, I think they drew against uh, Roma. That's the only draw they had. And that's the top team. They played, I mean, they beat Juve, I think, right? They did. Right, if I recall, they did beat Juve. So, I mean, they, they, they're there. They're there. I mean, they play against two big teams and they're doing well. They're, they're winning. I think they're winning in the Europa League as well. Like, the team is confident. The momentum is there. I mean, I see them really going forward, unless something drastic happens, like during the winter break, where if he has, has been injured, or he has a lot of injuries. As you see them now, I can see Milan is back, and what I mean by that is they can finish in the top, top three, top four of the of the country. I
0: think so. so yeah, and because you know, you look at it. Sao Paulo's uh, got fourteen points. Juve and Atalanta have twelve. Napoli, Inter, Roma have eleven. A real the Serie A of the last few years has got to that point where it's getting very competitive. But I agree with you, Harris. I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Milan win the league. I think we're gonna see a strong performance by Atalanta, and we've mentioned them before on the show. They always find a way to do well. You guys done good but not inspiring. I I, I don't know. Uh, to me I'm gonna go with I go with Milan winning the league. I, I'm gonna agree with Harris on that one.
2: Uh, I, ne- I never said we'll win the league. I said that uh we oh, were
0: gonna win the finish.
2: Oh, well. No, I said we were finishing in the top four. That's what I said. I never said we'll win the league. let's
0: well, so, screw it. I'm going and I'm saying Yes, 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 good. You know what I think it'll be like? It'll be like how it was last year. Where it was like the absolute end. Cause what was it? Inter correct me if I'm wrong, Inter lost Inter was like one point off, one or two when it finished, if I wanna say if I'm not mistaken.
1: But guys, one one little question. Talking about AC Milan. Has AC Milan have in this season, have they played against any other big teams like Napoli? Last year, mm-hmm. Roma or Juve or Inter, have they played against any of them? I know that they beat Inter. So that's actually a pretty good sign because you know, Inter has a strong team. But have they played with any of the rest of the teams I just mentioned by any chance? Yeah. They
2: beat. Yeah, they drew against uh, Roma. Uh, they drew against Roma last weekend. And I'm not sure if they play Juve or not. I thought they did, but maybe they gave for the Juve. I, oh,
1: I don't think so. How I
0: don't did think they have. Roma beat, beat Inter. Correct me if I'm wrong, they've – nope, haven't played Juve. But they're going to be playing
2: them soon. And I'm I'm not sure, but I'm going to – Yeah, see. I mean, they beat Udinese today as well, which is which is not a – I mean, a small team. Udinese was at, like, Atalanta a few years ago, right? So, so I mean, they're, they're there. They're definitely there. The only big team they're missing will be Juve. I will say I don't think Fiorentina is as good as it used to be. Uh, I mean, Atalanta is still there, but I think they're at the same same level. Of they're looking way better than Atalanta, I can actually, actually say So, they already beat Inter with, with uh, Roma out of seven games. I think that's pretty good.
0: I'd say so. I think, I think what we're going to see is Juve start to come on strong towards the end. But he, we'll see, to be honest. This is what, honestly... This is the reason we watch the game. We watch the game for these types of unpredictable events, you know, and we've seen things from, as we've discussed already, we discussed from the Champions League to Madrid to Barca to everything. We've seen a very, very unpredictable league and a very unpredictable football landscape. We'll see if that continues. And, you know, who knows? But we're going to go and hold on to that for another discussion. We know that you guys have been looking forward to hearing from us. We've been a little bit, a little bit quiet, but we look forward to seeing, uh, you know, and hearing a little bit more from you guys. Uh, This is Patrick signing off personally. I'd like to, before I even say anything, I want to thank you guys again for coming on. As always, a total pleasure to have the squad. We've got Harris, we've got Luis, we've got three football, football minds with three totally different opinions. <laughs> thank you for having me. No, thank you for having oh, but all,
2: but all Madrid fans, right? So, so like, <laughs> I'm a Jefferson. That's, I'm that's all really funny. I saw that. They didn't know this. <laughs> By so
0: the
1: way, way we'll see, guys, you we'll see your bias, but it's okay. <laughs> Go for well it. As well, too. Um, I wanted to throw in. Uh, we, whoever watches the show. Um, like I said, follow us on IG, follow us on Twitter, follow us on, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will definitely post the um the usernames below, but to anybody that, that's Ecuadorian or keeps up with Ecuadorian fo- um, soccer, we for now have two guests that should be an official guest on the show and then still trying to get either one of the Valencians to come on to the show. So yes, anybody that Watches Ecuadorian soccer, or anybody that's Ecuadorian that watches soccer. Wait, I'm wait, wait, wait Luis, wait Are we getting Enner Valencia on the show?
0: Con calma, I... con calma, pala, I... con calma.
2: So it's Vernon. No me
0: mentiras, por favor. No
2: me mentiras.
0: No me mentiras, por favor. El Enner Valencia. No sabes <laughs> qué. <laughs> oh, Oh. Déjame platicar con mi de de tigres. Ya me voy a platicar con ellos y ya me voy a decirles que. Sí, será un placer. Simón, será sí,
1: no. un, <laughs> un placer. Un placer. Pues muchas bien. gracias. Perfecto. Tengan una linda noche. Se me cuidan hermanos. Igualmente. Perfecto. Gracias a todos.
2: Thank you guys for listening to us as always. This is your podcast for and football podcast for you. Cheers, guys. Thank you, guys. Have a good night, everyone. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. And...